The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good morning, everyone. My name is Musho. I'm a senior student here at the Village Zendo, and I'm also the leader of the Catskill Zen Circle uh, in the town of Catskill, where I live. I am delighted and honored to be speaking to you on the first full day of our retreat. It's been a bit of a dream for me (laughs) to get here and talk to you this morning. The reason that I am delighted and honored is that it is very rare to speak to an entire audience of people who care. And how do I know that you guys care? Because you're here. You wouldn't be here at this retreat if you didn't care. I do not know what brought you here. Some of you have been seeing at this retreat for years and years and some new faces too. And I'm so glad to see new people. I don't know what brought you, but you can ask yourself that question. But like I said, I do know that you care about something and you actually care about yourself. And you actually care about others. And you care about this messed up, crumbling world. That's why you're here. It's beautiful. It's a messed up, crumbling world, but it's also a beautiful, miraculous world. And caring about it is the beginning of our awakening. At this retreat a few years ago, um, at our ending ceremony, at the very end for the newcomers, we have a time when we all get to go around and talk and say something briefly about the retreat. And uh, there was a young man, and he said that he had come to this retreat to quit smoking. Uh, I thought it was a little bit weird um, because we don't offer any kind of um, therapy or any kind of therapy at all, actually, for quitting smoking. Uh, but that answer really stuck with me because as I thought about it, I realized, wait a minute, he, he really actually did care about his own health. And by caring about his own health, he was caring about others. And that's exactly why we're here. So it was a perfect reason to come here, I thought. And then later I thought, well, we actually have a kind of a cold turkey approach uh, here in a kind of a cosmic way, right? Like, we chanted this morning, no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, no phenomenon. That includes no smoking. So <laughs> we, we had it covered. And that's beautiful. We took care of him. Uh, I do not know if he quit smoking, but I can only imagine that he did. Um, I own a car, and I'm a big fan of bumper stickers. The reason being is that they give you a hint Uh, as to what the person in that car, who owns that car, wants you to know about them. And I'm always looking at them. And I was searching for one that had something to do with Zen. And I found a great one. It said, Zen Buddhism, don't even think about it. (laughs) I thought it was funny. And it's actually got some truth there, because overthinking can be a problem. But our practice uh, is not about not thinking, right? We're thinking beings. 
Thoughts are just being produced by our bodies. That's the way it is. Uh, Master Dogen, who I'll talk about in a minute, he suggests thinking about not thinking. Thinking about not thinking. And I always wondered why. <laughs> why would you want to think about non-thinking? Because thinking is always happening, and it's always very intimate. Thinking is the most intimate thing that's happening. It's in your body, right? It's like breathing and your blood circulation, your digestion. You're, you're thinking. It's inside of you. But the cool thing about it is, it's inside of you, but it's also informing what's outside of you. It informs and it affects what goes on outside of you. And your thinking comes from everywhere. Everywhere, through time and space. Not just stuff your parents said, or stuff you heard in the schoolyard, or things you heard on the news. It's come from everywhere, through all of time. When you start to understand something about your thinking, the inside and the outside start to merge. You start to get it together when you realize you're thinking. And when you realize you're thinking, you start to care because you begin to care about what you're thinking. To care about your thoughts and actions, which are really the thoughts of actions of everything and everyone, is so important. So please, get to know your thinking. So, uh, Master Dogen, Master Dogen Zenji, has a lot to say. His words are coming out of the 13th century Japan, but somehow they still sound fresh. It took me a few years to stop being intimidated and start to realize the actual beauty of Dogen, uh, because his writing is a combination of clear instructions, tells you exactly what to do, and then crazy poetry <laughs> that's out there. And there's no separation between those two. It's beautiful writing, and I love it. So I'm going to read you a little section from our study text. Uh, it's Dogen's Uji, The Time Being. And the translation is by our Dharma uncle, Kaz Tanahashi. So this is section 13. The time being is entirely actualized without being caught up in nets or cages. Deva kings and heavenly beings appear right and left are the time being of your complete effort right now. The time being of all beings throughout the world, in water and on land, is just the actualization of your complete effort right now. All beings of all kinds in the visible and invisible realms are the time being actualized by your complete effort, flowing due to your complete effort. Closely, closely examine this flowing. Without your complete effort right now, Nothing would be actualized. Nothing would flow. I love Dogen's words. And I feel that Uji is Dogen at his best. We've actually studied it before um, at another retreat. And I think originally when I heard it, I thought it sounded sort of um, metaphysical and sort of spacey. But now I see it as a description of our reality. Effort is required to examine the flowing. 
And I think it's the flowing of you. You're flowing as you are. And to see that flowing everywhere, it's the flow of you that he's talking about. And that's the time being. I found another description that expresses this from our Dharma aunt, Charlotte Joko Beck, from her book, Everyday Zen. I have been rereading her this year, and um, I recommend going back to Joko Beck once in a while. A very centered, defiant, and true teacher. She says, we human beings all think there is something to accomplish, something to realize, some place we have to get to. And this very illusion, which is born from having a human mind, is the problem. Life is actually very simple. At any given moment in time, we hear, we see, we smell, we touch, we think. In other words, there is sensory input. We interpret that input and everything appears. It's just like Dogen, right? Nothing would be actualized and nothing would flow. I found one more that sums this up in a completely different way uh, by a writer named Anita Kirshan, Krishan, Anita Krishan. She says, we are mosaics, pieces of light, love, history, and stars glued together with magic and music and words. Isn't that great? We are mosaics, pieces of light, love, history, stars, glued together with magic and music and words. I think it's beautiful because there's something fragile about it. She's describing we. We're fragile. We're glued together with things that are so ephemeral, magic, music, and words. It's beautiful. When my partner, Dina, and I moved to New York City from New York City <laughs> to Catskill. We had to do some renovation on our, on our new place. And we had to buy uh, a new washing machine and a dryer. And we decided to spend enough money to get kind of the better models. So after all the drama of having the washer and dryer uh, delivered and installed, with excitement and expectations, I put some clothes in and I turned it on. But instead of filling up with soapy water, it slowly rocked the clothes back and forth. At first, I thought there was something wrong, but it turned out that that machine starts with a cycle called load sensing. Load sensing. So the machine calculates the weight of the laundry, and when the load sensing is complete, it figures out how much water to add, how long to wash and spin, and then according to the type of wash cycle you choose, it washes the clothes. Why am I telling you about this? Because here comes an analogy. Our zazen is like load sensing for our body and mind. Here in retreat, we have time to feel the weight of our responsibilities and the challenges in our life. We can assess our anxiety, our aspirations, our discontent, and even our joy, and then with complete effort, Wash the clothing. Washing the clothing is to attend to what is appropriate and what needs to be done, if anything. 
Our zazen gives us the opportunity to set the scale to zero and then weigh the stress and the serenity that fills our lives. From there, it seems to me it's much easier to appreciate our lives and do the right thing from there. Following your breath is like the zero point. And from there, you let the load sensing happen. What is weighing you down? How much work do you have to do? How do you find your freedom? What is there that needs attending? And how difficult is that? These questions are the time being. And they're also the joy of being on retreat together. It would be neglectful of me if I did not mention the recent and continuing extreme violence in our world. The death and destruction in Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza has become part of our collective fear and our collective sorrow. It actually hurts to think about it. And it's very easy to feel helpless, even with the many forms of useful activism that are available. Activism that many of you participate in, and thank you for doing that. But I want to assure you right now that sitting in meditation, following the breath, and to closely examine this flowing, as Dogen says, is activism that goes directly to the source of the conflict. The source of the conflict is mind and body. Mind and body that causes everything to appear. <clears throat> In all the media voices that explore the violence, the talking heads, the taking of sides, all the political opinions, I have not heard anyone pointing out that in order to ignite organized homicidal mass violence, collective white-hot rage is required. Rage is required to ignite organized homicidal mass violence. The simmering rage that boils over. Anger is not a bad thing. Anger is an emotion that can be adjusted and can lead to right actions. We all can control our anger. But I'm afraid that rage is uncontrollable. If you've ever tried to reason with a spouse who is smashing all the dishes, or you've been the one smashing the dishes, you know what I'm talking about. Have you been wronged? Your rights denied? Dismissed or treated with disrespect? Were you ever lied to or rejected? Have you been a victim of bigotry? Is there rage in there somewhere? This is the time being. This is the time being for load sensing. The time being entirely actualized without being caught up in nets or cages. Deva kings and heavenly beings appearing right and left are the time being of your complete effort right now. Please make complete effort. It is a matter of life and death. Sorry to bring you down a bit, but I also wanted to say something about um, our retreat. 
Uh, we heard from our Shuso last night some of the different suggestions, the rules to follow. And I wanted to follow up with a few of them uh, in my own way, with my own opinion. Uh, liturgy training. If all of you are involved in liturgy training, do not despair. <laughs> it's kind of like putting on a play, except while the audience is watching. And uh, that seems scary, but actually the difference is the audience. The audience here at retreat um, is an entire audience united in sympathy and empathy. No matter what happens when we try to put on the show, everyone is with you, everyone is following, and everyone is happy and honored uh, that we do this. So, um, you know, I remember we used to say there's no such thing as a mistake, but actually there are mistakes. <laughs> but I will say that success and failure do not exist in this training. And that is complete effort. That is complete effort. Uh, number two, the schedule. Uh, we have a saying that the schedule is your friend. Let go of your regular habits. I'm, I'm actually, you know, one of the things about giving a talk is it's for me to listen to also. Let go, Musho, of your habits and follow the schedule closely and be early to everything. And if you do that, um, it makes the retreat much easier, actually. When you fight the schedule, as I've done for many years, <laughs> it just makes it difficult. So be here and be now and uh, enjoy our schedule. Uh, later on, you're going to have a chance to meet with our teachers. We're all going to have a chance to sit and talk one-on-one -on -one with the teachers from the village Zendo, just as I'm sitting here with Ryotan Sensei. It's beautiful. Uh, if you haven't done it before, it, uh, it might seem a little overwhelming, but it's actually not, because our teachers are helpful, kind, and very eager to hear what you have to say. Uh, if they have something to say, they'll say it to you, and uh, they're there for you. Now, it's not therapy, but they do offer wisdom and compassion, and they're really good at that. It's really difficult to become a teacher here at the Village Zendo. It takes years and years of complete effort. So it's a rare opportunity, and don't miss the teacher meetings. Uh, I also wanted to comment about silence. Again, this is one for Musho. I can barely help myself when I see my friends. I want to make comments. Um, but it's better to let that go. Um, some of you I haven't seen for months or even a year, and I want to say something, but I have to save that for the end when we can talk to each other. By holding back on making comments or eye contact, you're actually showing a kind of respect. A respect for your friends. And a respect for yourself. So please try that. Uh, as you've heard, I'm, I'm trying a new service position myself as the monitor. And along with Jiryu, we're here to listen. You can always talk to us. And we'll pass on whatever information we need to. I usually like to end my talks with a poem. 
that I've written. I'm an amateur poet, somehow. And I've written one for you today. It's called Load Sensing. The washing machine that weighs the clothes first uses less water and saves time. Throughout the world, in water and on land, there is sensory input. This is the time being. We gather together without words and share our shame and sorrow. Celebrate our joy of this beautiful, miraculous, crumbling world. The winter rain forms on the ground. The trees are bare and gray. There are bombed out apartment buildings and camps of desperate refugees. How we are separate from this, I do not know. Few people understand Zen practice and complete effort. If they did, the very illusion would fall apart, exposing right now. Success and failure would lose their popularity, rage would subside, and the clothing would be cleaned. Thank you all for your practice, and thank you for listening. Please take care.